I've just never heard the term undersleeping. You've I've never, never heard, heard oversleeping. The ter- You've never heard of undersleeping. No. I can't help you. For real. Like, I've never heard anyone say that before. I can't help you. You're a lost cause. <laughs> I just... It's it, never turning around. It's never going to get better. It'll always be this confusing for you. Well, I've accepted that. From the Straight Red Plex, it is, of course, Straight Red. I am your host, Jeff Ross, and with me, as always, the king of broccoli, Alex Kipper. <laughs> Alex, I've got a couple of questions. Yeah, shoot. Hit me. First one is, I wasn't aware you were in line to the throne of broccoli. I didn't know that. Two, when did this happen? Mm-hmm. Three, what does it all mean? Well, when I visited the Broccoli Islands, they accepted Mm me as their leader. Everyone has green hair there. It's weird. I guess that's where Broccoli gets its name. From from the people? So it's like a a racist thing. Yeah, basically. The the vegetable broccoli (laughs) is racist to the people from the Broccoli Islands is what I'm trying to tell you. Good to know. All joking aside, I love broccoli. It's like my favorite food in the world. You said that about potatoes. Yeah, I also love potatoes. It's like my favorite food in the world. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Couldn't write a more boring person. No, I know. <laughs> my favorite food? Listen, broccoli and when potatoes. You, when you're on your fancy, you know, comedy writing job up there in Portland, Maine, and you need, like, all right, let's write for boring, man. Just call me, and I'll talk for a while. And you'll find some stuff. Just about your life. It's like, oh, my favorite food. I don't know. Lukewarm water. Like, what is with you? Yeah. (laughs) What's going on? Oh, my goodness. Alex, how have you been? How are things? I see you're wearing a collared shirt. That's very nice. Yeah, I try to, you know, dress up a little bit. And by dress up, I mean not look completely slovenly. You have a giant cardboard box that is still in your... Flipping room floor from last week. Yeah, I haven't done anything with it. Yeah, I see that. And I think the uh, the in vacuum cleaner defense, is... defense, yeah. recycling would have been picked up last Thursday. Last Thursday was Thanksgiving, and there was no recycling pickup. It was delayed for a week. And Look at that. A reasonable answer. You didn't pay the $45 it takes to buy a recycle bag from the city of Portland, Maine. The bags are for trash. <laughs> Checkmate. Check and mate, sir. I win this round. How are things in Maine, Jeff? How are you? Uh, I'm well. Things are good in Maine. It's unusually warm today. It's unusually warm here. I think it's El Nino. It is El Nino. Uh, For those of you who don't believe in science, it's, I guess, some sort of loud screaming thing. I don't know. I, I don't know how you explain it without science. But... My concern, Alex, yeah. those of us who live here on the East Coast, is that this warm weather means we're going to get hit real bad Yep, when the winter comes. Snow times. It's going to be it's great. It's going to be the and worst. you're in Maine, dude. Maine. Portland, Maine. I know. I'm practically in the Atlantic Ocean. You are. That's where water is. Therefore, snow. You like how I did the science? You did the science real hard. <laughs> Very impressive. People should write a book about you. My science? Broccoli and potatoes, the Alex Kibler story. <laughs> what else? What other foods do you like? And don't don't play a joke. What, what else can we put on here? I like sweet potatoes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love onions. They're like my favorite. Of course you do. <laughs> you can put those all together and have a disgusting mash. Are you ready for this? Like, those are all, like, super Irish things. And then I also really Sweet love, like, really scratch. good ramen. Like, w- w- and define really good ramen. Like, legit ramen. There's a place around the corner from me that's in the uh, Michelin Guide in, for New York City. It's like, they've been in there for, like, the last four years in a row. And they have the most ridiculous ramen with, like, a little piece of, like, pork in it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Oh, gosh, it's so good. I love that, too. 
and sushi. I just like to eat. I was fat for a long time. A long How long time. are we talking about? Oh, 15 years. No, but like seven or eight years easy, like a big guy. From high school until I, I started working for my current employer, I was a large man. 300 pounds. 250, and now I'm 175. So, like, I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, bro. That's a lot. I just eat more broccoli now. <laughs> 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 I cut you out switch. some potatoes and added some broccoli. <laughs> you switch. You get, like, yeah. more fiber in your diet, exactly. fewer carbs. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Drop that weight. There is a piece of advice for you, Gingers. If you, you need to drop some pounds yep. the coming year, yep. switch out all those potatoes you're eating. Yep. Replace them with broccoli. That's the one. And lukewarm water. Mm-hmm. The Alex tepid. That's, they call that tepid water. Fine. <laughs> Why does it matter? Why I like that word. Tepid? It's great. You like tepid? Yeah. Right. Tepid water. That's what you need from folks. the island of broccoli. So, Jeff. What? You want to talk what about soccer want? now? Because, uh, dude, <laughs> there were some soccer matches this weekend. I don't know if you saw. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> You don't know I'm not sure if you watched it or if they, you knew that there was soccer matches. You know, this is the first time hearing of this. <laughs> what? I mean, all right, Andrews, you saw yeah, these matches. Bro. Come on, you all saw them. You all know what was going down. So should we just go through it, or how let's, much time should we even let's spend? Let's get into this? it. I mean, all let's, let's really, let's really, let's really get into it. Two minutes. That's all we got. Just- <laughs> Just plow through it. Gingers, in case you were under a rock this past weekend. And first of all, like, why do you listen to this podcast if you, you didn't know? I'm willing to believe that someone's first acknowledgement of Major League Soccer could be through us. I think it's bad. But this, but, I, but this episode? You never know. Come on. There's like a dozen people who listen to this. It's awesome. They we, all live in Orlando. We're really dedicated for how few fans we have. <laughs> <laughs> We actually go to great lengths. Yeah, we we work our butts off of this crap. We've had multiple opportunities to give up. Yeah, (laughs) every week. We just won't. What is wrong with us? I don't know. We're crazy. (laughs) Anyway, um, in case you're under a rock, the leg two of both conference finals happened this past weekend, which means we know after this past weekend who will be represented in MLS Cup. But let's start at the beginning. Sunday night, 5 p.m., FC Dallas 2, Portland Timbers 2. Portland Timbers advance 5-3 on aggregate after the 3-1 victory at home in Portland. Jeff, what a game. What a game. First of all, congratulations to Portland Timbers making it to their first MLS Cup final. And the first final for any Portland Timbers team in any league since 1975. And the first MLS Cup appearance for a Cascadia team, which is an incredible statistic for me. Incredible, but that means the Sounders, with all those great Sounders teams that you have seen, haven't gotten it done. It's not as surprising with Vancouver because they're a newer team. Obviously, uh, the 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 people who follow the league for a long time would know this. But, you know, right now, a lot of Cascadia teams are very in the forefront of the public consciousness in terms of their fan base and the type of soccer that they play. But it's not always been super successful for these teams. You've had Seattle have some really good seasons. um, And some really terrible seasons. And some really terrible seasons. But... They've never really made it to that very last game. You know, and and this is what's great about the playoffs in general. Yes, you can have a team like Seattle who can dominate the regular season, but if they play poorly in one of their playoff matchups, they're out of here. Um, And and, and if I can interject for a moment, on that same theme, this is something that you've said on this podcast multiple times, that this league rewards teams that are getting hot at the right time time yes portland was falling apart for like half of the season they really were but they turned it on there was a formation change shift some personnel around at the right time they were picking up points i mean this is a team that barely made it in the playoffs this is the only team that went from the play-in games to the conference finals that's amazing they made it all the way to the mls cup yeah when teams do that historically they win the cup 
we'll get into it later. Don't you worry. This game was something else, Ginger. It really was. First of all, there was this off-the-field business at uh, FC Dallas Stadium, which is either Toyota Stadium or – it is Toyota Stadium. I looked it up right now. Perfect. Nailed it. Uh, there were new security measures, so like half of the fans couldn't even get in until like halftime. So there's all that drama going on outside. And the first half – not much happened, and by that I mean not no goals were scored. But there was there was some good soccer happening out there. Like I thought we were looking at a good match. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a very you sort of saw a little bit of caginess at, out of both teams. Portland realized that they really didn't have to do a whole lot. Uh, there were a couple of chances. They could just early. hang on. Exactly. Yeah. There were a couple of chances early, but I mean, they only finished with three shots on goal in the whole match, and they had two goals. There wasn't a ton of offense out of uh, Portland, and FC Dallas was not for want of trying. They just couldn't really get sort of connected in the first half. And we'll get to this in a second, but it wasn't really until Blas Perez came on that they really started to play the way that FC Dallas can play. Um, but when you're in the 54th minute and you basically give a goal to Fernando Adi mm-hmm. off of that giveaway, uh, you know, 20 yards from your own goal, that's that's the type of goal that loses you a playoff run. And, and it almost it, really it, it eventually probably did lose it for them. If they, if they hadn't conceded that, it's a completely different ball game. But if you're FC Dallas and you know that what you have to do is score, score, score on your home field, that's a terrible mm-hmm. way to start the evening off. And this is the second half, I mean. A, a, a very terrible. And this comes to surprise to no one who's been following the league or this team specifically. But Fernando Adi has had a tremendous season. He really the most has. goals scored for a Portland Timbers player in franchise history. He's had a great year. Uh, and obviously, FC Dallas knew this is the person you had to keep an eye on. I don't know what went wrong here exactly. But that didn't even look difficult for him to do. Yeah, it didn't. So he he's, you know, that rare large player. Like he's six foot four, uh, who plays with incredible technical ability um, with his feet. Usually you, you sort of get the brute force technic- uh, guys who are that size. But a guy like Fernando Otto is sort of shattering that stereotype for the Portland Timbers right now. And you could have said to me that he was 6'7", and I would have nodded my head. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that sounds right. right. Yeah. This guy is enormous. <laughs> yeah, he really he is. He is enormous. And we tend not to see that in the forward position. Not at those sizes. No. That's but give really credit to Dallas. They came absolutely roaring back. Um, the Hollingshead goal was absolutely world-class all the way around. The Mauro oh. Diaz assist, absolutely, you could not drop it more inch perfect. And then Hollingshead just sort of casually tuck it, just tuck it with the side foot, pass it into the far corner, bank it off that post. Beautiful oh. goal all the way around. Beautiful goal, great assist. Mauro Diaz had two great assists in this match. He really did. Uh, he, had, he had a really good game. Uh, Hollingshead, just a reminder to everybody, is a defender. So this is yeah. not what he's out there to do. Made it look easy. Well, really I say did. easy, but he, he, he made a difference. And at that time in the match, it was really looking like the momentum had shifted the other way. Yeah, five minutes you know? later, Blas Perez scores uh, off of, I believe, a set piece. Getting into a good area like Blas Perez can do, finishing an easy chance. You know, you, you heard the, the commentary team sort of talk about this. The great thing that Blas Perez does is he's just a nuisance. He's all over the field. He will get in your goalkeeper's face. He'll flop and dive and fall over and cause you just all the headaches in the world. And it's incredibly effective. He's like 45 years old or something. He's actually 34. 34, I believe. Uh, But his game plays at any age the way that he plays. He knows how to work a match. And and that's where you see... An older player being advantageous. He yeah. just knows the game so well. He, and he knows how to get into people's heads just because he's been, well, I shouldn't say only because he's been playing so long. There's a lot of older players who can't do this, but it is an advantage to him. It's a massive uh, advantage. And he scored the type of goals that we've seen Blas Perez score for years now for yeah. FC Dallas. Um, and like they were saying in the broadcast, he's just a nuisance to everybody, and everyone knows it. He did not start in this match, though. He was a substitution, came on, made an immediate difference, mm-hmm. scored a goal. Very good for him. Also, as an aside, leaving FC Dallas. Yeah. I, you know, I think I think that they're going to miss him, in, in, especially for, for sort of moments like this. He mm-hmm. 
players like him don't grow on trees. I, I don't think he's obviously the best raw talent in the league. I think there's probably 10 or 15 players above him at least. He's, he has that knack of being a goal scorer, though. He's a natural. He's kind of like that Cuauhtémoc Blanco mold where mm-hmm. he just shows up with the ball in a good position and puts it away every single time. But if you're Blas Perez, now is the time to I go agree, yes. because uh, it's very, very clear that the new Oscar Perea regime is going with youth. That's how we're building our team. Um, he uh, Blas Perez doesn't even start for them anymore mm-hmm. at age 34. Clearly, he can still play if he believes he's healthy enough and can still be get first team minutes. He needs to go somewhere else because he's not going to get those at FC Dallas. It's just not going to happen. Um, and there's few, if any, other. MLS teams that are going to spend big on a 34-year-old who isn't also a giant marketing draw. But if he's willing to swallow a little bit of his pride, there's a ton of players who would sign him as depth, and he would be the first man off the bench in every single match. If if he was willing to take a smaller paycheck, yeah. Yeah, there's a ton of teams that could use him. I, I just... And we're, um, it's the outside looking in, of course, Gingers, but uh, I just don't think he is. And so at this point, when Blas Perez st- scores... And, 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 and before I go too yeah. far away, I think he has every right to make that kind of demand. He's done enough yeah, know, in agree. his career. Um, and I think he can get paid. It's just it's not going to be here. Right. That, that's the thing. But yeah, I agree. thought. I cut you off there. Well, and at that point, you know, it's... Dallas is a goal away from tying it up on aggregate, including the away goals rule, meaning they are sort of itching and scratching and clawing trying to get that last goal. And, and some heroic defending. The, the block. Ugh. I mean, I... Gingers. <laughs> if you haven't seen video of what they're calling the block, capital T, capital B... Nat Borchers throws his body. It's amazing. It's really incredible. Go look at the highlights on MLSsoccer.com. <clears throat> Nat Borchers kept them in this match. I had to rewatch that thing in slow motion multiple times just to understand the physics of it all, yeah. like how this event even occurred. It's, first that of all, it's 95% shoot. beard. Okay, that's true. Uh, he, <laughs> he has magical beard power. He does. Yeah. That that made this happen. That was a Blas Perez goal. That was a goal. Yeah, it was a goal. Hundred percent. He had a clear shot. Like all the rest of the defenders had fallen out. Uh, Kawarse was in the wrong position at that exact moment in time. That should have been a goal. I don't know where that puncher's came from. I don't know, but he's been His worth meeting neck they... and a beard and everything just comes flying out of nowhere. What a great signing for Portland. I know. What a great signing. And this is why you sign a player like that from that exact moment. Yeah. And that's how he comes up big. Keeps him in it. And frankly, though, Gingers, while watching this match, it really looked like this was going to go to extra time. It did. They, they were going to find that tying goal, and we were going to have to go into extra time. But, oh my goodness. Into stoppage time, Lucas Milano mm-hmm. dribbles, basically dribbles through four. FC Dallas players, and poor, poor Jesse Gonzalez, who had played his heart out in this match. Great match again from Jesse Gonzalez. He's a stud. That kid is a stud. Is he cap-tied? Can we make him an American? No, it's too late. Can we we just make a rule and make him an American anyway? I mean, I feel like we should be able to. (laughs) uh, No, it's too late. Jesse Gonzalez... uh, I know, I know I've gone through this before, folks, and it's just disappointing to me because he's from North Carolina. Yeah, that kid's a stud. Anyway. From, well, now that I'm looking into it, I thought he had played, I thought he had senior matches, but he does not. Sign that kid. Sign him he's, right now. The first he's got is uh, the Mexican uh, U-20s. Jurgen, call him. Please. Like tomorrow, call him. This man is only 20 years old. That's our future goalkeeper, USA, number one right there. We born found him. Here. He was born here. Yeah, son. And but that goal, from, let me not take anything away from Lucas Milano's goal. That's the kind of goal that you, straight, you see on, in like street soccer. When you're playing yeah. in the streets of Sao Paulo or somewhere like that. Which as I want to do. Yeah, as one does. Um, basically dribbles through four defenders and oh. then just sort of 
oh, I'm on the inline. I'll just tuck it in. Just sort of tap, tap with my heel on the outside of the foot. Oh, I know. It was excruciating. Oh, my goodness. I can't even pull this off in FIFA 16. No. it, it was something else. And for those who don't follow the Timbers closely, and if you're not from Portland, I can understand why you don't. Lucas Milano was a uh, a big ticket signing for them who hasn't really delivered for them this year. No. Now, it may be the classic, you have to adjust to the league, so on and so forth, and he'll be better next season. But he's been kind of disappointing for fans and the team. However, he is one of the fastest players that they have which and is amazing now, considering the talent, the, the Darlington Nagbys and such that they have on that team. Yeah, can you believe it? They have, yeah. they have Diego Chara. A wealth of options of, yeah. of players who are just stupid fast. Yeah. And he came on only four minutes before this goal. And like, what a substitution. Speaking, technically speaking, because uh, those stoppage time minutes don't go in your official minute count in the game. Statistically, he was only in the game for one minute. It's amazing. In one minute, and he had a goal, one shot, one shot on goal. He made a difference. He made a big difference. I actually thought Maxi Yerudi was going to be the one who who did something, who who still had a part in this this whole thing. And, of course, Diego Valeri with the assist because he's just a great player and has been a great signing for them. This Portland team is good. That I will say right now. Oh, watch out. And and this is not a secret, but – their fortunes changed when they decided to put one American international, mm-hmm. Darlington Nagby, more central in their formation. That team yep. changed. Whole season changed. A whole season changed when they let Darlington Nagby play inside and run at defenders. He, he's a tremendous shuttler of the ball. He, he's, that, he's one of those players where... You watch him a lot of the time, and it's sort of like, yeah, he's taking the obvious passes, the safe passes, mm-hmm. and then it's like a light switch goes on, and all of a sudden he's past three guys, and he's charging into the box, and he plays a killer pass and scores you a goal. That's the kind of player Darlington Abbey is. He knows when to be aggressive, and he knows mm-hmm. when to not be aggressive. And, and I'm, I'm bullish on him to be playing in 2018 in Russia. I'm not joking. He looks good right now, folks. He has the aggression that we haven't had in the midfield in a long time. Like, he's an aggressive player. Jermaine Jones is aggressive in a defensive way, and I think Darlington Nagby could eventually sort of play alongside of Michael Bradley uh, Mm -hmm. in the midfield. Um, You know, where that leaves a guy like Mixed Discrew is is a good question, I guess. But Darlington Nagby has that great trait of being selectively aggressive. He, he can sort of lull you to sleep, and then all of a sudden he's past you and running into the box. These Portland Timbers, who I would love to see in the CONCACAF Champions League, yeah, but you have to win the MLS Cup now. There was a time when you were the – you could even be the runner-up and you would qualify. Those rules have changed, so that just isn't the situation. There's only one slot available right now for the uh, the 2016 to 2017 CONCACAF. It's so like, disjointed from our it's schedule. So far away. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so far away. Uh, and this is this comes up time and time again. It's like, yeah, your team qualified, but the, due to the roster churn that MLS has, by the time you actually play these matches, like, are these any of the same people? Because yeah. <laughs> for those of you keeping track, Red Bulls are already in that one. Uh, FC Dallas, who I think will still be good, uh, they're in that one. And Sporting Kansas City are in that one. Yeah. So what you get at the end of the, get, end of the day is that Cascadia has its first representative in the MLS mm-hmm. Cup. Mm-hmm. But the nightcap. Ooh, there was another game? There was another game, which is arguably what? even more exciting and crazy. New York Red Bulls won. Mm-hmm. Columbus Crew SC nil. Columbus mm-hmm. Crew advance 2-1 on aggregate. Jeff. First of all, let me say this. Please do. I would like, as a New York City FC season ticket holder, Uh to congratulate the fan base of the New York Red Bulls for providing an absolutely ludicrously great atmosphere for this match. Oh, they should. I have seen a playoff match at Red Bull Arena before 
that was nowhere near as raucous or well-attended as this one. So kudos to everyone in the South Ward, and kudos to anyone else who's a Red Bulls fan. You guys packed the house, and you sounded great on TV, and it really meant a lot to people watching nationally, and I think it's going to mean a lot for the brand. This season was beyond expectations for the New York Red Bulls. Oh, they an order of magnitude beyond expectations for the New York Red Bulls. Phenomenal versus what it looked like back in January. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. They had a great season. I know that doesn't truly help right now because they were this close to getting yeah. back to the MLS Cup final a trophy. They've never won. This would have been huge for them, and they played a good match. Yeah, they played a good match against a great side. And uh, just reminder: I know we talked about this in the pre-show, but. They did win this game. They did, yes. They, they were the winner the of this individual match, but they couldn't get it done away from home at and, Columbus. And that's what did them in. Yeah. Uh, and that, that, that was really the problem. I, I actually had no doubt that they would do well at Red Bull Arena. It's where there were two questions I had. One, are they going to score three goals, which is not impossible, but a tall order? And two, could they stop? Columbus from scoring. I didn't think they could. Well, and, and that's, that's the real talking point here, I think, is that Columbus didn't score a goal. They, mm-hmm. first of all, Finley was in on goal in like the fifth minute or the fourth minute. Oh, like, like this one thing on one gonna... with the keeper. And if that goes in, I mean, I'll see you, you know, next week at the MLS Cup. The game's over, functionally. Because oh, yeah. then Red Bulls have to score four against a team, you know, that has players who can possess the ball as well as the Columbus can. And you're just not going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a completely different game if that ball goes in. And I want to say this right now. We talk a lot about the Justin Mirams and the Federico Iguains and stuff. But when you have names in the back of your jerseys like Trap, Francis, Awful, those guys do not get enough credit for the work that they do for the Columbus crew. And I at least want to shout them out right now because you you have you certainly don't have the technical ability of like an Iguain, uh, but if you're – Columbus Crew, what you're getting out of those players is that they understand space. They're willing to move off the ball. You know, all three of those guys had good games against Red Bulls, especially Will Trapp had a tremendous game, I thought. Um, Mm -hmm. They took the space that was ahead of them, and they let the offensive mind of the team sort of work forward and be aggressive. Now, they couldn't finish any of those chances, and they had quite a few in the first half. You know, for me, it was a tale of two halves. The, The, you know... The first half, Columbus was unlucky to not basically put the game away, put the series away by scoring. Mm-hmm. They had a couple mm-hmm. of chances that, where they were in on goal and should have scored. You know, but the athleticism and the technical ability that you get from Red Bull, and once again, talking about moving off the ball, the Red Bulls probably move off the ball better than any team in MLS. Um, it really started to show off in the second half. Yes, Columbus parked the bus. It's not that they played, you know, the super expansive soccer. Yeah, but I mean, you have to at this point. I, it, it's it's either that or you don't go to the final. But Red Bulls play this swarming, aggressive brand of midfield soccer that's so great to watch. It's not as attractive to watch as maybe the, the Columbus's type of game, but it's incredibly effective in this type of league. But once again, have to give credit to the victors of the aggregate score, at least. Columbus got it done. Yeah, they did. It got got a little hairy there at the end. It got very hairy for them at the end, but they did get it done. You know, on the the goal that actually went in, the the one that made it, you know, uh, 1-0, if you're Steve Clark, if you're coming for that ball off your line, you got to get there. That's the rule. If you come for a ball, if you leave the line, you got to get there. If you're if you're Steve Clark and you stayed on the line, you you save that ball. If you come a little bit early, you can punch it away probably without any real difficulty. So the thing is, if you're coming for that ball and you hope that a, play, a player like Steve Clark doesn't cost Columbus MLS Cup, that's a horrifying thing to say. But he's not considered among the best keepers in the league. No, he's not, and that I think is pretty interesting because every other team that played in the, in the conference finals, great keepers, like tremendous top, keepers, yeah, top keepers for the league. Steve Clark, you're like, oh yeah, Steve Clark, he's okay, <laughs> you know? yeah, but he, he no, no one's talking about him like he's this tremendous 
goalkeeper. I'm not saying he's prone to errors. He's not. But uh, people don't talk about him all that much. You hear about Luis Robles. You hear about Jesse Gonzalez. You hear about Adam Kawarse. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You hear about him a lot. Um, and I mean that in a good way. He's, he's done, done very, very well. But you don't hear about Steve. Hopefully that doesn't end up being some kind of issue for them in Columbus uh, for the MLS I Cup Final. Not. I hope not. But now you have your set MLS Cup final. Columbus mm-hmm. Crew will host it this weekend. We're going to get to sort of our picks later on, whether we think Portland or Columbus will win. And, um, and, and we will, of course, make crazy predictions. Yep. Mafre Stadium, very fitting for an MLS Cup final. I Part of me does wish there would be a possibility it could be played over at Providence Park just because of the environment that you're going to get there, but Columbus is going to give you something. There will mm-hmm. definitely be a show. It's sold out in what, 14 hours? Yeah, it's going to be crazy. something else. Crazy uh, stuff. Considering it's like a Sunday at like 3 p.m. or something. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, I, I still think it's going to be, uh, it'll be a good show. Uh, on that thought, and I know we'll get to the actual game, back in the day, MLS had neutral site. Yes. MLS Cup Finals. They did that for a while, and then they went back to this, like, oh, who has the better record, and so on and so forth. What do you think? Is this, is this the better way of doing it? I 100% Where, think it's the better way of doing the it. The better way of doing it? Yes. So you get I, think, I think, generally speaking, that the, the Super Bowl, you know, because the Super Bowl is sort of the, the pinnacle of achievement of neutral site finals. Some might say Wembley for like the FA Cup or whatever, but the FA Cup doesn't mean nearly as much as like the you know the Premiership title or whatever. But the Super Bowl, I think, is the, is the premier example of this. And I think what happens, better or worse, when it comes to something like the Super Bowl, is that so many people go and are there because of the experience and not because of the the soccer, not because of the sport. Going to the Super Bowl, yes, there's going to be some diehard, you know, you know, you know, I don't know, Colts fans there, and there'll be some diehard whoever there. But there's but he's also got the be Colts of, going, everyone. Just I don't. I 100 percent don't. Colts going to the Super Bowl. I think Carolina has a chance. Anyway, um, but you also have a lot of people who are there because they have money and they can afford to go to the Super Bowl. The ticket allocation is different. What I love about something like MLS Cup being hosted at a, at a home stadium of whoever you know is the most points at the end of the season is that you guarantee yourself that not only is it going to be a spectacle, it's going to be a great match in terms of what the crowd can do for the match, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It makes sense. And since I brought it up, I'll just... Point, just put a couple of things out there just to be considered. Uh, in defense of your stance, the Super Bowl has like elevated itself almost to a de facto national holiday. People just watch the Super Bowl regardless of who's playing. And also people, like you said, go to the Super Bowl regardless of who's playing. Exactly. It's just an event. Yeah. You don't see that for uh, the World Series. It's not like that. It really does meet, depend on who's playing. Um, the NBA Finals aren't like that. Of course, right. those are always played in the respective teams' uh, stadiums or arenas in case of basketball. Yeah. Hockey's like that. So uh, I do understand that uh, that argument. There are other pretty major neutral site games, namely every college bowl game yeah. is a neutral site game. Yeah. Those seem to do okay. They're sort of the exception it's to me, but I would also say that they're, they they sell, you know, the Orange but, Bowl but, sells a lot of people to people who live in my, it's a lot of tickets to people who live in Miami, you know? The, those things are so established as an event on its own. Exactly. Like it's, it's just a thing. The Rose Bowl is is the thing, not so much the people who are playing in it. Uh, MLS Cup, for better or worse, doesn't have that kind of pull. Correct. Right. Exactly. So I get where you're coming from. You have a guarantee. And also, you don't want to do a neutral site at like, I don't know, let's choose the Rose Bowl again, and you've got 60,000 empty seats. <laughs> you don't want to exactly. do that. Exactly. 
you don't want to be in that situation. Yep. Or like you go out to uh, to L.A. and then all of your teams are like you've got uh, uh, Seattle in Orlando. I've decided in this theoretical MLS Cup where neither team is near where the stadium is. Right. It's like this is incredibly inconvenient for the teams that are playing. Um, I, I see an argument both ways. Should there be a home and away MLS Cup final? You know, because you do it in the other uh, aspects of the playoffs. And I, I think there's something example, to be said for the finality of having a one-game playoff. All right, you're showing up. What you got to dance with? What brung you? As they say, as where I'm from. Oh, okay. I was going to say who said that? Rednecks. But what that means is that at some point, this is. Columbus Crew and this is the Portland Timbers. Let's play right now, and the winner is the is the champion of this league. You know, as, as great as you see those two um, those two legged finals being, mm-hmm. I, I, there's something I like about the finality of one game. I do like that it's a put up or shut up moment. Exactly, you have to deliver today. Oh, you're playing away from home. Too bad. Like you just have to do it. That's one of the appeals that uh, that I would say that the NFL has. That's it. You've got one game. You have to win today. Exactly. Uh, this is the way it goes. I, I know we have other things to talk about. I just wanted to pick no, your it's a brain. Great, it's a great, it's a great uh, comment. It really is. We do have a few other things in the league before we get into our picks for uh, the MLS Cup final and our penultimate season episode of uh, Straight Red before we take a little bit of a break. We um, need to tell more people about that. We do. We should probably advertise it a little bit more. Um, but mm-hmm. your favorite Italian and mine, Sebastian Javinko, oh. the deserved winner of the Audi EA Sports <laughs> Advocare Landon Donovan Most Valuable Player Trophy <laughs> Javinko, this year's MLS MVP. Could it have oh. been anyone else? That's the real question here. I, I mean, only, only in like the devil's advocate sense it could be someone else. They're, they're, uh, I don't think anybody was more valuable to their team. You know, there's an argument he got gets, them to the playoffs. Yes, he did. And, and there's an argument that gets made a lot, especially in baseball circles, where MVP is a pretty big deal. Um, where a lot of people sort of lament the fact that MVP has come to mean the best player and not the most valuable player to a team. Mm-hmm. This is the rare instance where that doesn't really apply. I think he was the best player, but I also think that they don't. They might have finished last without Sebastian Javinko. They would have had a rough season. They wouldn't have made the playoffs. They wouldn't have made the playoffs. No, no the chance they made the playoffs. So no I think this is the rare instance where that argument doesn't really hold any water. I think a lot of times you can make that argument where you know a player for a team that didn't make the playoffs. I'm going to go out as a homer and say I think without David Villa, we would have been an absolute dumpster fire. Um, compared yeah, to what it, we were, I, I think I think David it was Villa. Close. It was pretty close already, but I think if you without David Villa, you you're in a real hole if you're NYCFC. Oh, yeah. Where so, are those goals going to come from? Exactly. You know, he conjured so much just by himself. But I think this is a rare instance where the best player and the most valuable player to a team that would have been pretty bad otherwise. Oh yeah, are one and the same. Sebastian Giovinco, deserved winner of the Audi Quattro. <laughs> what a. <laughs> Great season he had. It really what a was great signing. I've never heard of Sebastian Javinko in my life. <laughs> like that's that's the type of signing that can really change the way that GMs think about the league and, and think about the type oh, yeah. of player that they can sign. Oh, yeah. You can at this point get talent in the form of a guy like Javinko, who is a good player, but was in a situation where he was playing for the Giants of Italy at Juventus, and really wasn't going to get any minutes. Um, And so, yeah, you're not as good as Paul Pogba, but you're still pretty damn good. 
Yeah, it, it's because of who you're being measured against. You're being measured against world-class players. Exactly, yeah. Just world-class players. But I had never heard of him. Great for the scouting team, great for the agent, great for whoever made the deal happen. Yes, you had to pay a premium for him, uh, but getting a team that has a fan base that's so supportive and now the largest soccer-specific stadium in North America into the playoffs, finally, huge. I am curious to see what Toronto is going to do in the offseason because he can't pull this off every year. Right. There's got to be some additional support coming in those doors. They need, especially in defense, they need to get something else going on here. Uh, Because Javingo can score goals, but if you're giving up four, you're not going to win any games. You got it. It's not going to happen. But congratulations again to Sebastian Javingo. Well-deserved. Hang on a second. And now I believe he is literally Landon Donovan. He is. I think he turned into Landon Donovan. He's starting to get the receding hairline a little bit. It's going to be great. Before we get into the, uh, the game this weekend, there's a few more rumors from around the league. Um, mm-hmm. A couple rumors for a new signing. Carlos Vela uh, is reported to be headed to either San Jose or Chicago Fire. Carlos Vela, the, I believe, 26-year-old, yeah, 26-year-old Mexican international, um, mm-hmm. currently with Real Sociedad, could be moving to, ES, uh, to uh, MLS uh, and even the Colorado Rapids. The Colorado Rapids, I believe, are, are first on the, the right of refusal list for international players. Yeah. Um, or, or whatever. Or the, whatever it's called. It's called. Yeah. Whatever the Don <laughs> Garber decides that morning, uh, sure. Discovery list? I don't know. We'll look it up later. If this was any other year, and I do mean like, oh, if it was the 2013 offseason, I'd say, hmm, sounds like a long shot. Sounds like he's just trying to get like a better deal at his own club. Right. But after the offseason we just had, we're like world oh, he's renowned coming. <laughs> players have come over. Yeah. Like players you've heard of. Yeah, players man. that, and by the way, showed up and did well. Not yes. all of them, but a lot of them did. I mean, Carlos Vela is now lower than some of those guys that came over. Yeah. Uh, I, I could definitely see him coming over. And I, any, any team. Could use him. Any team. Well, here's here's the thing. You know, this type of move is is what I think was was paved by a Sebastian Javinko. Yes, you have names here this year. You had David Villa, who is an international superstar. You had Andrea Pirlo, who makes great wines. You have Frank Lampard, who sounds like he's stupid. You you have big names. Steven Gerrard, who's I don't know, English or something. Uh, you have big names here, but the difference here is that Carlos Vela is 26. He's in the prime of his career. Mm-hmm. And this considering is ex- a move to MLS. This is exactly the type of player you yes. want. You want a player who, he's, pro- he's a proven prof- professional. You know, he, he clearly can play. Uh, but you want him in this age range, somewhere between like 23 and 28. Like yeah. that's, that's ideal. Um, I do want to say, I think Gio Dos Santos has a lot to do with this. Because not only do you come over, you still get calls by the national team. That is hugely important. If you're, well, frankly, if you're any player who normally gets national team calls, you don't want those to go away because of a club decision you made. If you can come and play in MLS and still get called into Mexico, and keep in mind, Mexico plays a lot of games in the U.S. anyway, so the thought is you might be actually be called in more often because you're already there. Uh, that's huge, and, that, and that's bigger than playing I think anyway, uh, in at Real Sociedad and potentially on the outs there anyway. Right, exactly. You know, it's it's exciting time to be a fan of this league, and I, and I hope that the league does some real marketing in the off season to get people excited about next season because I think next season can be really pivotal in this sport becoming really big time in this country. They need. And there are some actually very, very smart marketing people uh, at MLS, and more importantly, in Soccer United marketing. With Copa America coming in 2016, there's so many eyes that will be looking at us yet again. Yep. Got to take advantage of it. My understanding is uh, some is part of the marketing team for the Copa America. So I expect to see a lot of cross-promotional stuff. I know we're getting too deep into the business side, but uh, I do think they will take advantage of the fact that that's happening in 2016. 
couple trade rumors to talk about here. Mm-hmm. It might already be done deals by the time you listen to this. Lamar sure. Nagel rumored to be signing with DC United. Do you think that this is a, a big move or just a depth move? I think it's a depth move, actually. I think so, too. I think I with like a player Lamar, like Lamar, I, I do, too. He's too inconsistent to really be considered. You know, he, he plays some at forward, some at wing. Um, he doesn't give you the work rate. He doesn't give you enough real quality, unfortunately, that you would need to be a full-time starter for a team like DC United. Um, but I think it's a tremendous talent to bring off the bench. Oh, yeah. And if you can sort of capture in the bottle what he's shown fits and spurts of in Seattle, and it's sad because he's a Seattle kid. He's leaving. I think he's from Tacoma, Washington. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, It's sad to sort of leave that, but if it means that he's going to get a little bit more of a bigger role on a team, good for him. I'm proud of him. Absolutely. 27, he's still got tons of good soccer left in him. He does, and I think it it will be a good signing for D.C. I just don't – well, and maybe I'll eat my words next season. I just don't think it's a huge signing for D.C. Yeah. Yeah. Now, another big name when it comes to D.C. United circles, um, one Chris Pontius uh, is rumored to be leaving D.C. United. Um, He's been there for ages. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Chris Pontius joined D.C. United in 2009. Um, Major force in the midfield of D.C. United. Um, do you see this as, you know, good business, necessarily? Well, for whom? From whose perspective are you asking? I think it's 100% good business if you're Philadelphia Union. You're getting a proven MLS commodity, you know, who, who MLS fans will respect and recognize. But for D.C. United, you know, that's the real question here. Yes, you play in D.C., but you don't have a ton of money. They, they haven't really shown that they're going to spend a ton of money on talent. What can you get for Chris Pontius money that's better than Chris Pontius, I guess is the question. Well, that is a good question. I don't know what you can get better than that. I, I, I agree that it's, it's good for Philly. Philly is yet again in a rebuilding. You know, they've, they've got to do it one more time. They have to do something differently. And I, I don't know what. But... This leads me to believe that DC, pardon me, that DC has a plan and has an intention already. Because you wouldn't even allow this. You wouldn't even humor this. I mean, yes, Lamar Nagel makes less money than Chris Pontius. So in, in terms of just raw numbers, you're freeing up some cap space. But you got to put the right piece. You got to put the right piece in there um, to make that happen. And uh, all of this, we're playing with theoreticals. Uh, and there are a lot of these up in the air right now. If you follow the league closely, you probably saw a bunch of players whose options weren't picked up or didn't get an extension. There's actually a lot of names you know uh, who are technically available right now. We're probably going to get into that after the MLS Cup final. Who yeah. those people we'll talk are, a lot more about that next week. Because I can mean. There's still a lot of teams that have not released those lists exactly. yet. Let's, let's wait until all the teams have had their chance to actually, you know, make their decisions about who it is they're going with uh, uh, the next um, the next season. But Alex, correct me if I'm wrong. That's all we had on our list today. Yeah, and man. We need to get into. The MLS Cup Final. Well, there's I'm, one more thing that I want to talk about. Ah, uh, damn it! Before before we get into it, um, this what? being our penultimate episode mm. of Straight Red Pod, mm-hmm. and we're sort of tying a nice little neat bow on this season next week with episode what I think is episode 49 next week. How did we time this so poorly? I don't know. It's, that's Should really awful. <laughs> It's really, really not great. We're really bad. Um, we want to hear from you, Gingers, one more time before the season ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we want to hear is either your favorite straight red quote or straight red moment. Uh, oh. We have a hashtag for this, hashtag quotably red, as provided by the lovely Miss Dixie Roberts. <laughs> um, the prize for this is that you get a phone call from me and Jeff. Jeff's probably going to be mean to you because he's a mean guy. Am I? He's mean to me. That's I mean, that's true. all I understand. That's true. So, Gingers, if you want... one of our fans. You have. And I was nice to him. Uh, he hasn't told me that. 
He hasn't said a dang <laughs> word. He probably threatened him to just say that he shouldn't say anything. He should keep his mouth shut. He, he really should. Nikki, he's telling you to keep your mouth shut. Anyway, uh, once again, tweet at us. Send us an email. Hashtag quotably read. Your favorite moment or your favorite quote from this year. Our favorite will get a phone call from me and Jeff, and we're going to call you and berate you and tell you to watch something that's more interesting than soccer. But for the last time this year, Jeff, mm-hmm. do you want to go around the league? <laughs> one game. And when I say around the league, let's talk about the one game that's happening. <laughs> yes, let's go around the, the league. The granddaddy uh, of them all is a different game than this game, but this is a big game. Sunday, December 6th. 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Not two. We're on the, the one. ESPN one, son. And Unimas doubling it up. <laughs> Columbus crew at home at scenic Moffray Stadium against the Portland Timbers for the title of MLS Cup champion. Jeff, your thoughts. First thought, Moffray Stadium, iconic Soccer stadium in America. Desperately needs renovation. It desperately needs a renovation. It It really does. He really needs something. I have a feeling they've got a plan. Folks, it looks like it is from, indeed, a different era. Yes. (laughs) Juniors, I've been riding the hashtag new crew bandwagon almost the entire season. They've had a great year. This is the best they've looked since 2008, easily. Uh, potentially better than they looked in 2008 when they won the MLS Cup. Dominated all year. They've looked very solid. This is a Greg Berhalter coach. They probably team. play the most attractive soccer of any team in MLS. Portland Timbers. Yeah. Had a really crappy midseason. They did. Awful. But they got hot at the right time. This is the best... They've looked in ages. This is the first time they've been in a final since 1975. It's incredible. What a statistic. Uh, they're doing great. They're doing great. This is at Columbus Crew's home stadium where they tend to win. They do. But I have the Portland Timbers winning 2 1. Wow, you're jumping off the bandwagon at the last second, Jeff. Last second. You know why? Because that's a more interesting narrative. We all know I'm wrong and that Columbus will win, but take Portland Timbers two. Jeff. Columbus crew one. After extra time. Oh my god. Columbus crew three. Portland Timbers two. I kind of want your version, because that's gonna be one heck of a match. With the game-winning goal scored by Ethan Finley. I'm calling it right now. Wow. Calling it. 108th minute. If that actually happens, I'm like some kind of wizard. <laughs> you know what? If that exact set of events happens, I will forgive your $700,000 worth of debt to me. I'm counting on you, Ethan Finley. <laughs> I don't have that kind of money. Oh, all right. uh, you- ways that you can get in touch with us gingers at straight red pod on twitter that's how you get involved with the uh, uh hashtag quotably read this this week um at jeff is famous on twitter that's jeff at alex s kibler on twitter that's me the s stands for soccer straight red at icloud.com straight red on facebook and straight red podcast on instagram that we never use jeff it's now time for everyone's favorite type part of the show Jeff, it's now time for quiet time with Jeff. Jeff, gingers, introduce yourselves. What do you have for the gingers this evening? Sometimes. Yeah. You'll go to the grocery store. Yeah. Specifically to buy items to make sandwiches. Okay. You spend your time, you find the right stuff, you compare your prices, you check out. You go back home, it's raining. Go back home. Yeah. Ready to make yourself a sandwich. Yeah. Get everything out, put it away, get very excited about sandwich time. Yeah. And then realize yeah. that you never bought ham. <laughs> That's what being around you is like. Not having what? ham. 
That is like the worst insult I've ever suffered in my life. Somehow uh, that's like the worst thing that anyone's ever said about me. Also, seriously, I forgot to buy ham. What's really wrong with you? You're a crime against food. We'll see you I, next week, Gingers. I, go forth in soccer. Leave. Get out of here. I need that ham. Oh, ham. So upsetting.